0: Some doctors may view it as a laboratory in their hand. The new point of care method of diagnostic testing right at the patient's bedside and other remote areas. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Peter Farrell, Divisional Vice President of Marketing and Clinical Affairs for Abbott Laboratories' point-of-care business. Mr. Farrell joined Abbott Point of Care in March of 2005, and he has some several decades of healthcare experiences in the pharmaceutical, diagnostics, medical imaging, and biotech industries, working with Abbott for five years, and at Biochem Pharma, a startup public imaging company. He's a native of Canada and a graduate from University of Western Ontario in London, and he joins us today from Abbott's offices in East Windsor, New Jersey. Peter Farrell, welcome to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks, Bruce. Well, it's so good to have you to talk to our audience, which, as you know, is largely healthcare professionals. So first of all, if you could give us a lay of land, what actually is point of care?
1: What point of care testing is, it is taking those diagnostic tests that are traditionally done in a laboratory closer to the patient, whether it be in a department or actually to the patient's bedside.
0: And so could you give our listeners an example of, of maybe how it used to work and how it works now? I, I, perhaps it would be as, as simple as somebody drawing blood and they would send it off to a reference lab or how all that works now. And, and perhaps where, where can and people generally see this or if doctors haven't heard about it, where would they find out about it?
1: Sure. Well, let me try and answer the first question is, is how would it traditionally be done? Simply a, a doctor would place an order, a technician would come up to see that patient in, let's say the emergency department, a sample would be drawn and the sample would be transported either by somebody walking down to the laboratory or a delivery system or a pneumatic tube system to get the blood sample down to the laboratory. The laboratory would then enter all the information about that patient and then they would run the test they then would have to put that information either into their data records or to physically take the result back to the area where the patient is, and either a nurse or the physician would gather that information to be able to then make a decision on a patient. Traditionally, that has taken hours, and in some cases, days, to get those results back to the patient to be able to make some of the diagnosis. With a point-of-care device like the iSTAT uh, AVID point-of-care iSTAT device, what would happen is there would be a decision by the, the clinician to to draw and test for a specific marker. The nurse or other healthcare professional would would take two drops of blood, put it onto a cartridge. The cartridge would then be put on the iStat handheld device and within two to 10 minutes, you'd receive that information and that would then be translated back to the physician for them to make their diagnosis. So we're really, point of care testing is really closing the gap in terms of not only the analytical time, but the pre and post analytical time, which are very important in diagnosing and making decisions on patients.
0: And what kind of tests are done? If, uh, were we talking glucose, to, you know, which is essentially uh, diabetes, uh, cholesterol? What is sort of the gamut of the tests
1: that, that this device or some of the other ones out there can do? The device that I'm speaking about, the ISTEP device, has a very extensive menu. It, it does chemistry and electrolytes, so those common tests that are done in the laboratory, they do hematology with hematocritin and, and hemoglobin tests, and then they do blood gases, coagulation, And cardiac markers. So really, the menu has evolved into all those critical care tests that physicians want an answer within two to 10 minutes to either help with the disposition of a patient to be able to make better clinical decisions or to be able to increase their financial opportunities by moving patients uh, through a department more quickly.
0: Where are these devices largely? Are they being adapted in hospitals, nursing homes, doctor's office? and, and, And how widely is it being picked up?
1: As healthcare changes, there's, the demographics are changing, people are becoming older, and there's more financial pressure on the healthcare system. Testing is moving closer and closer to the patient, not only in the hospital, but outside the hospital, whether it be in a doctor's office, or as you suggested, a nursing home, or even pharmacies. So, depending on the type of tests that are done, some make sense to be done out into, into the doctor's office. It's not all tests, because those patients that are being seen by physicians outside of the hospital. Are usually not as acutely ill, because acutely ill patients go to the emergency department. But the trends have been in the emergency department to start doing and looking for ways to be able to improve emergency department's workflow of patients and make sure that we, we address overcrowding and diverts by being able to make the right decisions on patients more quickly.
0: Yeah, It would really seem like a no-brainer that hospitals and nursing homes, doctor's office, all kinds of areas would be taking up with point of care diagnostic testing. I mean, how how widely is it used or where are some of the areas where I mean, I assume you guys would like it to be, to be sold everywhere, but where, where are some of the challenges?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the glucose, for example, if you take that example, it's, it's used in almost every hospital point of care with the strip technology that's used with, with meters. The iStat device that is made by point of care is in over 1,800 hospitals in the United States. So that's roughly a third of all hospitals have an iStat in one department or another. And in fact, we have some hospitals that have five or six or eight departments with over 200 eye stats in use in those facilities. So it really depends on what point of care device you're speaking about. But for instance, the marketplace with blood gases is, is much more prevalent to do that test closer to the patient, as well as some chemistries. And now we're just starting to, to see cardiac markers come closer to the patient based on some of the recent guidelines that have been published.
0: Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM Channel 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Peter Farrell. Mr. Farrell is a vice president at Abbott Laboratories Point of Care Business, and we're talking about this new wave of diagnostic testing called Point of Care, which actually eliminates hours, if not days, for patients to get their some very critical blood tests and such from hospitals and physicians. And we were just talking about this, how widely this is adopted. Peter, if you could, if some of our listeners just joined us, could you tell us, walk us through this? I mean, are there still some hospitals out there that are not using this?
1: And also, perhaps, why did it take days or hours before? There certainly are hospitals that are not using point-of-care, and that is due to to a number of reasons. One is the the regulations and how a laboratory manages their testing in the hospital. Some is the expertise to be able to run a point-of-care program, because there are some things that need to be done and looked at. So we see that because of the different trends that some hospitals are more quickly adopting point-of-care testing, for instance, in the emergency room than others.
0: Could you talk a little bit about, you brought this idea up about regulations and guidelines. Have there been some things that have changed or some things that need to be changed for a wider adoption of -of point-of-care testing? Because it just seems like this would be something that if you have 1,800 hospitals using it already and there are 5,000 hospitals, and I'm sure other companies sell such devices as well, what are some of the hurdles here or what are some of the
1: guidelines? I would tell you that we look at it in, in a couple of ways. The first is is that there are regulatory agencies in each state that mandate the way tests are done. And there's the, the waived and non waived testing that are designation for different types of tests and they, they demand different protocols to be used in terms of tracking quality assurance. In those situations that are tests that are done in the hospital under a moderately complex license, the laboratory has control and has to sign off on all that testing that goes on in that institution. So they are ultimately responsible to make sure that the analyzers are working properly, whether they be ours or others, working properly and that the people are satisfactorily trained to be able to operate those analyzers. So that's, that's an example of, of some of the regulatory things that have to happen or be followed into a hospital. I think on the other side there are a lot of initiatives, whether it be the saving lives campaigns or some of the guidelines by the AHA, the American Heart Association in terms of troponin testing with turnaround time being preferably thirty minutes, but at least within sixty minutes. Those are guidelines that are starting to be looked at and viewed as things that people have to certainly be aware of to be able to manage their patient care and to meet the meet the expectations of the governments and the consumers.
0: Well, that's an interesting point because essentially the American Heart Association would be on the side where they
1: would want more rapid testing. Is that what you're saying? Yes. They have published guidelines that suggest that and for instance, with heart attack patients or patients presenting with chest pain, that a troponin test results are available preferably within 30 minutes, but almost always within 60 minutes.
0: And also, are there studies that show or studies that have been done in our cost-conscious healthcare system about how much money this could be saving? And assuming it is saving money, how much? And I would think the health insurance industry might be in favor of this.
1: Well, that's that's a very interesting question. Just to sort of broadly say that the cost of a point-of-care product, whether it be ours or others, is generally more expensive from a cost-per-test perspective than what you would get in the laboratory because it's a single-use test. It's just smaller. There's a lot of things associated with with it being more costly to make as well than more costly uh, to use. But that's a small percentage of what the actual costs are. And what we're now starting to see is that people are using point-of-care testing in the emergency department as a source of generating revenue. And when I say that, it's not about the cost, it's about moving patients to their proper place within the hospital more quickly or out of the emergency department so there's less diverts and there's less overcrowding. So if you can keep your patients in the emergency department safely for less time and move them to the appropriate place, whether it be out the hospital or in the the appropriate department to get the right treatment, you're not only going to affect and impact the quality of the care, but also you're going to be able to impact the hospital revenue to make it more positive.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point because I recently wrote a story in the Tribune about how University of Chicago and, you know, a lot of big teaching hospitals are trying to provide patients with a medical home, if it were, because you get a lot of people who show up to the emergency room and other locations because they don't have anywhere else to go. So I guess what you're telling me is that a device like this, because it does these rapid tests of, is it safe to call them basic tests that you could get to the patient to the, to the right place at the right time?
1: I don't know that I'd call them basic. What I would, how I would define them is those tests that are critical types of tests that affect treatment of patients and diagnosis of patients by getting those tests within a short period of time. Through the classic test, the chemistry tests are electrolytes like sodium and potassium, calcium, creatinine. And hematocrit, hemoglobin, the uh, traditional blood gases, and coagulation, PT, INR, ACT—that's used in the in the cath lab and CVOR, and then of course cardiac markers like troponin, CK-MB, and heart failure markers like BNP. So they're really those tests that are used to be able to make better decisions when you get the results more quickly. But you bring up something, Bruce, that's very interesting: is that the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act that was passed, I think, in, in 1986. It really has changed the way people use the emergency departments, and the emergency departments have become the primary source for healthcare services for many people. And so when they get to these EDs, they want to triage the patient quickly, they want to treat them quickly and safely, and then they want to make sure that they're efficient. And there's some interesting statistics that you're probably aware of as it relates to overcrowding in emergency rooms. Emergency room visits have increased 32% to, to about 120 million visits a year in the last 10 years, while the total number of EDs in the United States has decreased by almost 5%. So there's very interesting trends.
0: Well, with that, I would like to thank Peter Farrell, who has been our guest. He is a vice president with Abbott Laboratories point of care business. And we've been talking about essentially a laboratory in their hand, as they say in the industry. It's the point of care method of diagnostic testing that I'm sure physicians and consumers alike will be hearing more about. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I'd like to thank Peter Farrell, who's been our guest. And you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments or suggestions about this or any other show, please call us at 888-MD-XM157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.